Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Babak Hoja. Babak, are you ready to do this? Let's do it. Let's do it. Babak is an Iranian-American inventor, tech entrepreneur, and author. He's the chief technology officer of Cognizant, and his newest book is Konar and the Apple, Fun, Beauty, and Dread from Awaz to California. Babak, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and what motivated you to put pen to paper and write the book. Uh, yes, I uh, was born in London, went to kindergarten in uh, Moscow, Idaho, uh, and uh, grew up in, uh, in Iran, um, pre and post revolution and war, and uh, got my PhD in Japan and ended up in California. So um, <laughs> been moving around a little bit. Um, and uh, what motivated me to write the stories down? Well, I kept repeating the same stories in parties and, and uh, gatherings. Um, and I realized that while the stories were familiar for people, the setting was kind of weird to be, for example, in, in boot camp and in, in the police force in Iran or, you know, um, uh, with shelling going on in, in my town and all that kind of stuff. But the same familiar um, life events. And, um, I started writing them down. Uh, I mean, the joke is if I go to a party now, I can just point out a chapter and say, go read that. So I don't have to repeat the whole thing. <laughs> what do people say when you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I've yet to try it. The book just came out. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. let you know. I'll have to try. <laughs> I am sick of telling the story. Just read the book just and come back. Book. Like, how long is the chapter? Okay. All right. <laughs> Got it. All right. So you are, are a, well, I don't want to call you a technologist because now you're an author as well. What do you, what, 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 what do you think about your identity as? I am a technologist. I don't think of myself as, as an author. Um, the, the book just kind of happened, would not have been published if, I had not read a couple of the stories and people said, oh, you got to publish this. But uh, no, I uh, my whole career has been in AI. Uh, I'm an AI entrepreneur and um, technologist. And uh, ask me about AI and I'll talk to you for two hours. Ask me about writing a book. I really don't know what to say. <laughs> I'll struggle. So what was what was the motivator for for writing it down or just starting to write? People were asking you constantly. They said you need to write it down. And so you just took the cue. Um, well, you know, I've, I've always been writing stories. Uh, I have many stories that have never been read to anyone. Just, just write it. I just, um, it comes to me and I like the structure and having to tell a story, having a beginning, middle and ending. Um, and uh, I had a long commute. Uh, in the before times, we used to commute to work um, and it was on BART. And there was no cell uh, cell coverage back then on BART, no decent Wi-Fi. BART is the um, transportation system here in the Bay Area. Um, so when I got on, I knew I had like 45 minutes to kill and I would just write stuff down. So I started writing these stories uh, in 2012, 2013, and it was just a thing to do for me. Um, and uh, there were many stories. I collected the ones that I thought had... Uh, 
had to do with this juxtaposition of this kind of westernized kid in a, in a weird setting. Um, and so I, I put those together in, in, in the form of a book. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the main motivation, I guess. This westernized kid in a weird setting. So walk us through the timeline again of, 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 of the actual ages when, when you're moving around. Yeah, uh, the story starts with uh, the first real story in the book is um, uh, before the revolution, um, the Shah is in his peak of megalomania um, visiting our little little school in Ahwaz. Uh, Ahwaz was this oil-rich uh, town, still is, in, in the uh, southwest of Iran. And I was going to elementary school there. And being in fifth grade, um, me and a couple of my friends were tasked with uh, running around the school, taking carpets because they didn't have enough carpets for the for his royal excellency as he's walking around. <laughs> so uh, right after he walked over some of the carpets, we were to pick these carpets and run around before he gets to the other side of the school and kind of lay them down. We were little kids. I mean, thinking about it, these were heavy, big carpets that we had to roll and um, so that's, that was the sort of the Germanist for, for the story, um, kind of showing a little bit of the setting and, and the, um, atmosphere before the revolution. And, and, um, that's the first story. Um, I don't have a lot of, I have interesting memories from before the revolution, not that many. Um, I thought the revolution itself was, a, a story that's been told a lot. So then we skip to um, after the revolution, there was a brief pause and peacefulness and openness um, right after the revolution before the war started with Saddam. Uh, and so, you know, I kind of go through all of that and, and lo and behold, as I'm experiencing these stories, I'm also growing up. So <laughs> that's uh, part of it. It's kind of coming of age. And then of course I leave the country at the end. I appreciate that. So your experience in, in, in these different places, westernized kids, strange places, are, are, are kids kids wherever they are? Kids are kids wherever they are, and they're fun, and it's cool, and the experiences are very, very similar, uh, I think. Um, but um, there is this duality at least there was for me of having been having grown up in a westernized society in the first few years of my life and um <clears throat> my friends uh were all mostly also westernized um as well uh it's so that kind of um duality of seeing um what the and then the society itself went th through this transition as well. Before the revolution, people didn't wear the hijab. You know, it was there was a lot of civil liberties and um, and uh, uh, it was a very westernized society. And it just went black and white. I talk about how, for example, my mom, my my grandma was an atheist. Like that's the kind of family I grew up in, and she grew up and lived in Iran all her life. So that that transition from the Constitutional Revolution 150 years ago had taken place, and then suddenly we retracted back um, after the revolution. My mom was forced to wear the hijab, and she didn't like it. She was she was stubborn. I have a story where. Um, you know, she was told, you know, we were fleeing the war and she was told she has to wear the hijab. Otherwise, we, we wouldn't have we wouldn't get the hotel. 
And, um, you know, we see glimpses of that as well. Um, futile resistance against this, this wave that's coming. I mean, fascinating experience from your perspective, but then obviously her experience, um, I mean, I, I literally just can't. Yeah, you imagine. know, actually, this is it's it's an interesting aspect of growing up. When you say, you know, is it is it common? One of the things that you experience as you grow up is is that your parents are not the superheroes you thought they were, and uh, you experience that sooner or later. You kind of go, oh, you know what? You're not as cool or or right all the time as as I thought you were, and you. You know, there is that too in the story, but you experience it with a higher power, which is this new government, this revolutionary government coming in and telling your parents they have to be in a certain way and or the war coming in and telling your parents and that, that they have to pick up and leave and they can't live where they where they are and do what they they do. Um, and so you experience that not just from a perspective of a rebellious teenager, you experience that from the perspective of society kind of telling your parents that they can't do certain things and you looking up and going, oh, if they can't, if they can't get away with that, who am I to, you know, rebel? So there's a little bit of that too. Yeah. Fascinating. Do you have kids? I do. I do. I have two grown kids. They're both in the East coast. Um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, they're they're great um and they're reading the book <laughs> i mean so your perspective growing up and 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 your learning is is what do you hope the book does what 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 do you hope the kids get out of reading the book you know i was i was in college i think i was doing my masters and one day i thought i got it I know everything, all the challenges there are. I'm going to write them all down in chapters so that when I have a kid, I'll just pass this on to them. They'll read the various different chapters and they'll know. They'll know what to do when they're confronted with a girl. They'll know what to do, like to, to succeed at school. You know, it's just going to all be there because I just got it. And I even I, I wrote down the title of the chapters and I showed it to my, one of my friends. And of course, he made fun of me and he's like you're crazy what are you talking about and he had a and we had he had an interesting time just making fun of the prospect of me being a dad someday anyway um and then when i wrote the book i was like this this book is i mean it's not for my kids it's for me really let's let's face it it's for me and my generation maybe uh i think they'll read it they'll be curious um there will be things that they'll they'll uh, appreciate and it will be interesting. It will be more curiosity about what, what their parents went through. Um, I don't know how much of it they would think is what they're going through. You know, I, I think everyone thinks they're going through something very, very unique themselves. Even if their parents or their friends tell them, hey, this is fine. It's, you're going to grow out of it. You're going to be, I don't know if you can tell people, that, you know, to, to relax, it's going to be okay. You know, do, do you think so? I mean, what, what do you think? Is that, is that so, like if, if, if an older brother or, or parent told you, don't worry about it, it's going to be okay. What would you, you, you're like, you know, let me just go through this, you know, don't you oh, think? For sure. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing that happened to, to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. So that exactly, could either be right? really catastrophic, like some of the experience that you went through or your mother, or it could be the experience of a rich kid 
or, or a, somebody who's well-to-do growing up in, in Minnesota that never really deals with any conflict. So both of those things can be true, right? And I, I could true. certainly revere and hopefully learn from your experiences, just like I've learned personally from you know, the experiences of my grandparents living through the Great Depression and the World War II and all that. So exactly. Yeah. So you could tell your kids, listen, this is what your dad went through. I wrote this book when I was in college and this is even better. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I can do. They're fun stories to read. I think I, I look at them mainly as, as entertainment, I guess. So your, your, your work as a technologist, you create things and then you turn them into the world. How, how, how's it similar different to writing this book and releasing it into the world? Um, it's very similar actually now, now that you say that, um, uh, with, with technology, uh, you, at least for me, I saw this power in, in AI and uh, in the lab as, as you run it on, you know, toy problems and so forth. And, and I've, all my career, I've had this craving to bring this out to the world and have it like make a difference, you know, make a change. Um, and with the book, it's these stories that I have in me that I keep thinking, these are, these are fun, cool stories. These are interesting. They're funny, mostly. Uh, a lot of them are. Um, and, and interesting. And they have twists and turns that you, don't, you can't predict. And uh, you want to bring it to the world and just you know, add to the fun of the world, I guess, for people to read them and, and enjoy them. Um, and then, of course, once you actually put it out there, you're hoping that people do uh, react to it the way you thought they would. And you never know. Uh, with technology, it's the same. You put it out there and you learn. There's a lot of what, what I think is easier with technology is you get to um, change it even past its, its uh, release. You know, you get to put in version 1.2, 1.3, version 2.0, um, and you listen to your clients, your users, and you, you kind of fix it and improve it. Uh, with a book of stories, um, hopefully you go through a lot of that before it gets published. But once it's out there, you can't really touch it much. Uh, it's, it is what it is. Um, so it's rare that people would totally rewrite the book after after the fact so that's a little scary <laughs> yeah i was gonna say what what is that emotion is it just sort of nerve-wracking terrifying yeah yeah it's been it's funny because we we haven't done a lot of marketing around the book just yet it's just, it's only just starting um but friends and family have read it and um some of the folks who are in the book have read it and they're like oh you made a mistake here or oh dude you you totally got it wrong this guy wasn't saying this he was saying some other thing and i'm like oh oops <laughs> like super helpful uh yeah you should have read it before i put it out there yeah that's so funny fascinating right um that i imagine that it's such a personal thing Whereas do you think that the technology you create is also, is it the same? Does it feel the same? Yeah, it's different in that respect. It's not as personal, but it is something that you've put in a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And uh, it does become somewhat personal. You do, if when people criticize your technology, it's something that 
it's hard not to take personal sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, there is a little bit of that, but you're, you know, you can always distance yourself with technology. It's a, it's a bigger play. The timing might not be right. Uh, the other folks who work on it could, could share the blame. You know, there's a little bit of that, but, but with a book, especially a book of biographical stories, it's uh, yeah, there is, it is rather personal. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly congratulations on writing it. How, 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 how long from soup to nuts did it take you? Well, I started writing it in, I think, 2012 or 2013. Um, I was encouraged to actually put it together into a book um, in uh, 2018 uh, and went through a lot of iterations until we got it out um, just last month. So yeah, it's been, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> well, certainly congratulations on all of it. So thank you. Well, I mentioned as we were talking before we turned uh, on the show that uh, I would ask you for a difference making tip. So what have you come up with? Um, well, I guess um, what I would say is, is uh, there's, there is bravery in putting, putting yourself out there. Uh, and um, that that's, you've, you've won half the battle by just, by just doing something and putting it out there. There will always be critics and, and that's fine. Um, don't take it personally. It's hard. Uh, but uh, hopefully your admirers are more than your critics and listen to them too. Well, I think that that is great stuff. It definitely gets, come on. Well, Babak, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and where can they get a copy of the Konar and the Apple fun, beauty and dread from Awas to California. Where can they get a copy of the book? Uh, you can buy it on Amazon, uh, online. There's an audiobook, there's an ebook, and there's a printed copy. Actually, I have one right here. Um, so, <laughs> excellent. That's me. <laughs> well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Babak your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Pick up a copy of The Corner and the Apple Fun Beauty and Dread from Al West, California. Amazon, wherever you buy your books and uh, check out the written version, the audio version and all of it. Thanks again, Babak. Thank you. Thank you, George. It's been a pleasure. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. <laughs>